You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. I am Steven Serta. It is Friday, December 8th. A couple of days away from a huge AFC West matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sween had a had, had a few pops last night. I could see after a, a, a little, little fantasy league celebration victory lap after that Ezekiel Elliott start. <laughs> yes, that's right. Me and you share a a fantasy league, and I plugged in uh, Zeke Elliott, hoping for the best, and the the best uh, was produced. I really. In the in the scheme of the AFC, it, it, this was a, a good indicator from a, a Chiefs perspective of the rest of the standings coming back to you. Like you can't just assume because one team has played a certain way the entire year and another team has played a certain way the entire year that they're just going to run the table. And so you continue to win if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. I just tend to think there's some losses in store for both the Ravens and and the the Dolphins right now. Yeah, um, you know, and the Steelers now have lost back-to-back games to two-win football teams. So yeah, I, I think that just goes to further highlight kind of everything we've been saying. Like, while the Chiefs need to handle business to make sure they can still have a chance at this first-round AFC bye, I truly believe the AFC is absolutely wide open. There is no dominant team in this conference this season, and that includes the Kansas City Chiefs, which is why it's still wide open for them to try to get the number one overall seed because we know the NFC is very top heavy, but the AFC keeps leaving the door open for one of these teams to say, we're truly the best team. And everybody keeps just closing the door and say, no, we don't want to be the best team. We're fine with this. And I mean, yeah, like simply pulling up Miami's schedule, they got Tennessee, which they should win jets. They should win, but then they have Dallas, Baltimore and Buffalo. So there's a loss for Baltimore or Miami already built in in the fact that they play each other. And so then you're really just looking for that winning team to get one more loss. And I don't know. I just think you focus on what you can. And and this this could come back to you. This Sunday's a big one because if the Chiefs can get through this one, I, I feel like they're going to be comfortable feeling as long as we take care of business, we should win the rest of our games. Yeah, and they absolutely should. The schedule could not have worked out better for them. I don't know if... Jake Browning's really a thing after that performance last week. Maybe that's something good. we got to worry about. But Jake Browning was awesome last week. So that matchup with the Bengals could wind up being more interesting than we initially thought when Joe Burrow went out. But yeah, th- this AFC playoff race is still totally wide open and the Chiefs just need to handle business. And that starts this week against the Buffalo Bills. And We'll, we'll get into the injury report, talk about all the headlines uh, ahead of this thing. There's obviously a lot going on between these two teams and a lot of history between these two teams. And I want to remind you guys, if you're hanging out with us on the live stream, you can drop your questions in the comment section. We'll try to get to those at some point throughout the show. But Pete, um, 
Before we dive into the injury report, I kind of just want to talk to you about the Chiefs defense because we're talking about this AFC being wide open. And I, I know the Chiefs defense has been tremendous this season. They've been elite all year. But the last two games, they've kind of had these slow starts and they're kind of starting to show some cracks. And some of that is injuries. I think the Packers game, you can definitely say Drew Tranquil going out on the first series of that game impacted things the rest of the way. And I think that their ability to challenge Jordan Love was really tested. But at the end of the day, you have to overcome that stuff. And the linebacker injuries aren't the thing that I'm worried about right now. What I'm worried about right now is this Chiefs pass rush and Chris Jones and Charles Amenahu and Mike Dana and George Karloftis. Like we've seen these guys look really elite at times this season. And the last couple of weeks, they've gotten off to these slow starts. And it seems like the Chiefs defensive line just isn't finding the same impact that they have found at other times this season. Well, the problem has been st stopping the run. And, and I think they were a little bit better at that uh, earlier in the season. And so now uh, this is going to be a point of focus from the beginning of the game. Not that you should ever lose yourself, but over 17 game season, things are going to happen. This was my question to Steve Spagnuolo uh, yesterday. We, we asked about the run game and he essentially said, you know, we talked uh, extensively uh, ab about it this week. So this has been a, a talking point within uh, the Chiefs locker room, within the Chiefs defensive meetings. And I, I just feel like, you know, Frank Clark said this one time in the, in the locker room, and I'll, I'll always remember it. They were getting ready to play somebody. I can't remember who it was. And, uh, you know, we asked about getting sacks and getting to the, the to the passer. How do you get to the passer a little bit more easily? And he just stared me in the eyes in that Frank Clark way. Uh, I remember Seattle now. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he said, we got to stop the run. And so that, to me, is the key to everything. It has been a, a point that has been emphasized uh, in the locker room, in the meetings this week. I, I tend to think they'll be better. I think they're going to um, really be uh, focused and, and starting faster maybe than we've seen in the previous two weeks in, in that fashion. And you know, not only the running backs with Buffalo, it's, it's the quarterback who can run as well. So I think managing that earlier in the game, you should start to see some of the pass rushing um, coming back here. And I chatted with our friend from buffalorumblings.com, Jay Spence the King, yesterday. I highly yeah. encourage you to go check that out on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I thought it was a great conversation. And uh, Jay Spence really offered a lot of insight into what's been going on with the Buffalo Bills this season. But we all know they fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey a few weeks back. And since then, you mentioned stopping the run. And I think that's the biggest thing in this game because we know who Josh Allen is. We know Josh right. Allen can air it out. We know... Uh, you know, him and Patrick Mahomes, two of the absolute best arms in the NFL. Like there's some throws these guys can make that other guys just aren't physically capable of making. And since they fired Ken Dorsey, Buffalo has really leaned into the run game because similar to the Chiefs this season, their offense turns the football over like crazy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they've been playing it safer. They've been leaning into the run. James Cook is a talented second year running back. They've been getting a lot of run out of Latavius Murray this year. And Josh Allen is doing more of the designed runs now that he wasn't doing with Ken Dorsey calling the plays earlier in the year. So I think that's really the biggest thing, because if you're the Chiefs and you say, do we want to allow Josh Allen to run? Do we want James Cook to rip off big gains or do we want Josh Allen to throw the ball? In years past, you'd probably say, yeah, I mean, we'd kind of prefer that they run the ball and try to keep Josh Allen from just carving us up. But this season, 
it seems like you would prefer to force them into those situations where Josh Allen has to make big plays with his arm and has to make the big downfield throws because when he's had to do that this year, he's thrown a lot of interceptions and they've turned the ball over a lot. So it feels like a recipe for success for the Chiefs. Especially with with big moments and and the game being on the line. Like that to me is um moments that that stand out and I, I think he's a little bit of a heady quarterback so if you can make, make one of these turnovers happen early on in the game you're going to be able to have a, an advantage for the the whole way and so we'll see I mean I I know that this is and, and you know and talking to Buffalo fans and Buffalo analysts and report this is as must win for Buffalo as as any game can get I mean this is a playoff game essentially they they pretty much are in their playoffs already with uh, some of the mistakes and the losses that they have this year and all the conference losses. So they're going to be as locked in uh, as they can be. But, but again, if you can rattle Allen early, force him to throw into bad spots and pick it off, I just think this game can unravel quick. And the bills are not having a, a great week either. And no. this kind of, and this story came out yesterday. It's from uh, Tyler Dunn, who is an independent sports reporter, uh, mm-hmm. runs a newsletter called go long. And he, I I'm really familiar with his work. He does really good stuff. He's a very reliable sports journalist. And he released a story yesterday about Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, that, didn't paint him in the best light where uh, a few years back he was trying to rally the team and give them this kind of motivational yeah. speech, but made this really tasteless comparison to 9-11 in the terrorist attacks. Terrible. And yeah. that comes out yesterday and McDermott had to address it with the media. And when, when I was sitting here thinking about, obviously it's a huge red flag and bad look for the Bills head coach, who it, it kind of seems like they're floundering a bit this season, that staff in general. But also it kind of reminded me of everything that was going on earlier in the season when the Chiefs had to take on the Chicago Bears and the way that thing was kind of unraveling in the public eye to where all week long I've been going into this game saying the Bills are so desperate. I don't know if the Chiefs are really prepared for what the Bills have to do to try to make the postseason. And I don't know if the Chiefs are really going to step up and show up for this game and really close the door on this particular um, iteration of this Buffalo Bills team. Mm -hmm. But, man, that stuff wears on you. And now I'm kind of questioning all these these picks and predictions I've made all week, picking the Bills to beat the (laughs) Chiefs at Arrowhead. Now I'm kind of questioning that because similar to that Chicago Bears game where the Chiefs came in and just absolutely dominated them early in the season where they had all of these things happening off the field. It's it kind of feels similar to that. It's just that it's the Bills instead of the Bears. And we know the Bills are a different kind of football team, but I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm a little bit weary now about all of my Bills picks, and maybe I'm like, I should have leaned into the Chiefs. Maybe I'm doubting the Chiefs too much right now. Yeah, I think you're wrong. Uh, I don't, I think we're looking at this game just generally as the classic Chiefs Bills matchup that we've seen in in previous years, but it's very different. You mentioned the expose from um, Ty Dunn. This was 20,000 words from 25. Bill's sources you mentioned about Dunn and like Dunn is not somebody that is unreliable I mean he's as reliable as they come so you can believe that these are really 25 people connected to the team you mentioned the weird bizarre 9-11 story where he's trying to say the terrorists communicated well how well did they communicate to it's crazy and then you have a game this weekend like the schedule doesn't stop just because it's 20,000 word uh 
you know, uh, expose came out you know, disparaging your character. You have to go and talk to the media just like you would any other day. He apologized. Uh, it sounded like to the team um, right after this weird moment and then had to address it yesterday. This is a distraction. It kind of reminds me of earlier in the year when the Chiefs had to play Chicago and then all that stuff was happening, I believe, with their defensive coordinator. They were firing him like days earlier. I think the thing that changed for me um, in hearing this out of Buffalo is like, I thought, well, you know what? If this is a very disappointing year, McDermott has done enough over the years to put Buffalo in a spot where, okay, maybe he'll get one more year to kind of right this ship and and let's see. Now I think if they were to miss the playoffs, I think they would, they would change coaches. I just think this is too disparaging. This is too bad. This is such a bad look for the organization that the ownership is going to want to move on from this if they don't make the postseason. So it's a lot of pressure on Buffalo. And I, like I said, I, I think we're looking at this matchup a little too much like the Bills are still on the level of the Chiefs, where if you really look defensively because of the injuries, they're not. Like, they're just not the same team. And, uh, you know, everyone hates on me for this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to it. Like, what do you, Steve, what do you think the, the Chiefs' offensive DVOA is if, if you just listen to radio and, and X right now? You'd think it was like 16th, right? Yeah. Fourth. Fourth in the NFL, right behind Buffalo. Whereas uh, the uh, the defense for Buffalo is 16th compared to the Chiefs uh, being ninth. And so I just think Chiefs are a better team. They're at home. Buffalo is on the ropes. And the vibes uh, of them coming in are just are not uh, immaculate, uh, as they say. And so uh, I like the Chiefs in this game. Um, and this story only, you know, emphasized uh, that point. I, if, if, if you're wondering, I don't like the Chiefs every week, by the way. Remember how nervous I was when, against uh, when they were going against the Eagles and I said, I don't even want to make this pick and then they end up losing yeah. the game. Well, I would tell you if I think that they were in trouble, but I, I actually think that this is going to be a game handled by the Chiefs. This is a really interesting season for the Buffalo Bills where before the year, kind of making our season predictions, I said that I thought last year's Bills team was the best version of this Bills team, and they kind of just ran it back this season, hoping that, you know, Vaughn Miller suffering that season-ending knee injury last year, like him coming back this year, they kind of just ran it back with the roster that they had, hoping that they would still be good enough this season. And that hasn't been the case. Now, Vaughn Miller's got all kinds of off-the-field issues, and you're having all of this stuff come out uh, about the head coach and the the coaching staff and, like, all of the issues there. It just – it, it seems like it's really unraveling for Buffalo right now. And most of the time in years past, you say, well, this team's so talented and they win football games like they can overcome this. It, it is starting to feel like this is kind of the end of the line for this Bills team and, and the way that it is currently constructed, because they've got a lot of decisions to make this offseason. They got a lot well, of money tied up in that defense. The injuries have killed them. I mean, you know, you look at uh, Tredavious White and Matt Milano going down like that. That would be for Kansas City losing Legereus Sneed and and uh, Nick Bolton for the entire year early on in the year. Like, what would the defense look like if that were the case? Um, it could be Trent McDuffie too, one of the two. Uh, so uh, it's just a different team. And and Josh Allen has proven that the offense can be explosive enough. In some games, it's been good enough for them to be in the game. For some uh, weeks, it's been good enough for for them. Um, to win the game and uh you know sometimes they're not able to overcome what is a a really weak defensive um side of the ball right now and so uh hopefully kansas city can get off to a hotter start than it did last week in terms of the red zone and uh you know you take care of business in the red zone this week and you know i really think that kansas city could control the game 
Yeah, and the Chiefs are currently one and a half point favorites going into this contest, and that is, that's dipped. I believe they were two and a half to start, and so yeah. that's dipped a little bit. Yeah, it's gone down as the week goes on, and I would have to imagine some of that has to do with the availability of running back Isaiah Pacheco, who's been one of the Chiefs' mm-hmm. best offensive players this season, and has especially been great recently when he's really gotten a lot of touches and become a a more focal point of the Chiefs offense. Also on the injury report, Donovan Smith, it seems like he is not going to be available just based on the way Andy Reid has kind of talked this week about Wanye Morris. So I I think we can assume that Donovan Smith's not going to be available. Drew Tranquil probably not going to clear the concussion protocol at at this point. And Brian Cook um, also probably going to be out with that ankle injury, but hopefully the Chiefs will have him back sooner rather than later. It does seem like Jarek McKinnon is trending in the right direction, Pete. Um, I, I still tend to think, and we talked about this on Cho and BK too, if Isaiah Pacheco can't go for whatever reason, I don't think that means we're going to see like a 15-touch Jarek McKinnon game. I think Chiefs fans, and you might not want to hear this and you might not be <laughs> excited about it, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be heavily involved on Sunday if Isaiah Pacheco is unavailable. Yeah, I I think Clyde will be the guy touching the ball first. It it was actually good to see that Jerry McKinnon logged a full participation. We haven't seen that in in a while. So should have McKinnon up as well, but it's going to be a scenario where Clyde is your first and second down back. Someone has seen what we've seen with Pacheco, and then uh, McKinnon will be the third down back. I I think that uh, while that will be the case, um, if Pacheco can't go, I think it is important to to monitor this Friday um, injury report. I don't know if it's set in stone that Pacheco is going to be out of the mix this week. We'll have to see if he tries to participate today. I'm anticipating maybe a limited participation on Friday and we get a questionable tag. So I I don't think this is uh, uh, for sure something that, uh, you know, is um, like we can write write in ink right now that it's going to be Clyde starting. I think that this is worth um Monitoring what happens on Friday, I could see the questionable game time decision thing happening because it's a shoulder contusion. So uh, I I think that you could you know give it a few days off. I'm not a medical expert by any means, but that that sounds like something where I think he'll try to participate in today's workout, and then we'll see. So that's yeah. that's fairly good news, I think. I think them label labeling it a shoulder contusion is interesting instead of saying like it's it's a more significant uh, right. shoulder injury or something like that. It's and you know Pacheco wants to play. Um, yeah, and you know, I, and, and word is too like, and I'll just share this and then you know let you go, Steve. A word is that um, he could potentially should he practice, they they might even put him at the podium on Friday. So that's usually a sign that there's a, a chance yeah. he can play. So. And for the Chiefs, I, I think, too, it's just being cautious because Isaiah Pacheco has proven he's a very valuable member of the offense. And also his running style for like a, a player who's trying to play through a shoulder injury. He's out there seeking contact 99 percent of the time. Yeah, He doesn't care. It's like he doesn't feel pain. I, it, yeah. It's uh, he's an incredible player to watch. Uh, you know, I. I've covered some interesting players uh, in my time in KC and in a number of different running backs, uh, very unique style. And like, just as far as any player, I you know Tyreek was really fast and that was fun to watch. And and he's faster than any human I've ever seen on the planet. And I think a lot of people would, would tell you that Pacheco was just like, you know, you you've heard the comparison to a running back being a pinball, but he quite literally like is a human pinball. He bounces off of everybody. Like really, uh, no caution for his for his body, and that's why you see him banged up. Right what, after the Super Bowl, what did he have? Three surgeries? Like one was on his labrum, his hand was broken. I, 
I don't know if, if you want to curb that. Like it, it's, it reminds me of the conversation that we have with Pat sometimes where the coaching staff is like, we want him to play in structure, but you also like don't want to lose the best parts of his game. And, and that's the out of structure stuff. I wonder if like you're like, well, are we really going to tell our running back who's the angriest runner in the NFL to dial it back? I don't, I don't think you'd do that either. So you got to just live with the injuries. And sticking with the injuries, obviously, Nick Bolton seems to be trending in the right direction to be available this week. I, I'd imagine that the Chiefs are going to activate him from IR on Saturday. They usually don't do it ahead of time. They just got to do it yeah. at the IR deadline on, to, on Saturday to, afternoon. To me, to me, it's a given, as, as we were mentioning, that it's going to be uh, Edwards filling in for Cook, um, Bolton, uh, as you mentioned, for Tranquil. Wanye certainly is going to play instead of Smith. And, and as I said, I, I think Pacheco isn't one where I'm going to write him off quite yet. But that that is the injury situation, as I understand it. Yeah. And, you know, with Tranquil probably not being available, them getting Nick Bolton back is absolutely massive in this game. Uh, we, we talked about that linebacker depth, and it has been so crucial for the defensive performance all season long. So it was a real bummer to see Tranquil get injured, but it just – coincidentally happened at the time that Nick Bolton is getting healthy. So it seems like the chiefs are going to have a boost there defensively and you know, Brian cook, not being available in this one. I'm curious your thoughts on this Pete. I think that's something that we, we should highlight more because I feel like Brian cook has been a really good player this season and he's been talked about a little bit, but I feel like Snead and McDuffie who are your all pro caliber players kind of overshadow what the chief safeties have done this season. And they're really important to how this whole thing works because those safeties being so versatile and them having so much depth there with Mike Edwards in the mix and Justin Reed, like, I, I think that's really important to how, how Steve Spagnuolo has found so much success this season. And Brian cook is really underrated is like a deep safety and yeah. his ability and athleticism to kind of move sideline to sideline. Like he's made some big plays deep down the field, and I like Mike Edwards. I think Mike Edwards has given them a lot this season, but I'm just interested to see how that, that thing works on Sunday without Brian Cook in the mix there and the way that Steve Spagnuolo likes to deploy those guys. One of my favorite quotes of training camp was Nick Bolton saying that when Cook is screaming the calls back there, if he's 100% wrong, he's going to scream it like he's 100% right. Like he's that type of guy where he's gained confidence in his second year. That's why he was playing. He's a more well-rounded player. Uh, as opposed to Mike Edwards, um, they wouldn't be playing him otherwise. We've seen Steve Spagnuolo play veterans uh, to the point of madness with fans of of the team in the past. We don't have to talk about, uh, you know, Mr. Sorensen too much here. But uh, what I would tell you, I, I think in, in the trade-off of the players, you are losing a little bit of that security of the explosive play. But what you're gaining with Mike Edwards seeing more snaps is a, is a higher chance of turnovers. I think Mike Edwards among the chiefs defensive backs is the player who is uh, most likely to uh, intercept the football, uh, you know, out of, out of um, all of them. So, you know, you lose a little bit, I, again, I think of that like security that you have in, in the defensive backfield, but you, you gain the possibility of a turnover. And, you know, we talked about some of the positives that that could have against Buffalo uh, Allen uh, as good as he is. Right. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't think anyone would deny that he's top five, but he is, um, someone who is uh, who can turn over the ball, and so though, if he if he provides those opportunities this week, you're going to have Mike Edwards that that is getting more snaps to potentially take advantage of that, which could be a, a good thing. 
when it comes to Cook and his timeline, uh, I think it sounds like it's trending in the right direction for him to maybe return uh, in a month. I, I know that the Chiefs have to activate Nick Bolton. Usually they do this on Saturday, and we'll see what kind of moves they make. I, I don't I don't think IR is out of the question, but it doesn't seem somehow miraculously with his foot turned the other way. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's completely season ending, which is a, a good thing. But Edwards can do the job, and so that's why the Chiefs picked him up in the offseason. Um, you know, and, and it goes back to the greater conversation of, you know, there are some moves that they made in the offseason that had they got a big ticket wide receiver, they may, there may not be a few of these defensive pieces that were brought in. And so, yeah, I think the offense obviously has room to improve, but you're, you're fortunate to have Edwards in the building um, to to pick up the, the slack now that that Cook is going to be out of the mix. It's definitely something to keep an eye on on Sunday in a game where it feels like. Whoever wins the turnover battle in this one is going to be the team that comes away with a win on Sunday because, as I already mentioned, both these offenses have had turnover issues this season. And we saw the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago against the Raiders not turn the football over and positive things happened. And then right. and then against the Packers, they have another critical turnover and it winds up costing them the game. So. If the Chiefs can avoid the turnovers, if the defense can force some turnovers, that's going to be a recipe for success against this Buffalo Bills team. Uh, we do have one question before we get out of here, Pete, from uh, Charlie. Do you think they are going to lean into the running game as they did against the Bills a few years back in the regular season? CEH had almost 200 yards. I do remember Clyde having a big game on the ground against him. I, I don't know if he had almost 200 yards. That seems high. Yeah. But. No, it was, no, it was, uh, it wasn't close to 200 yards, but it was in the ballpark. He was 161 yards. It was in 2020. It was the most productive game of his career. I looked it up yesterday for, uh, an article that we did for, uh, AP. And, uh, yeah, I think they'll lean into the running game, but it's not really just a this week thing. I, I just think it's a, this is what, what the Chiefs offense looks like this year type of deal, right? Like we have seen now in a couple weeks in a row, Isaiah Pacheco just getting a lot of touches. I think the Chiefs want the the ball uh, in the hands of their running back because it opens things up for uh, guys like uh, you know Isaiah Pacheco or I'm sorry, Rasheed Rice and and Travis Kelsey. Uh, until um, the the opposing defenses start stacking the box, run the ball. Um, and I think the Chiefs have got more comfortable doing it. Uh, we've seen Rasheed Rice get a lot of these short passes, too, that, that kind of stem from, okay, now they're respecting the run. Let's get him into open space and let him get yards after the catch. So whether it is Clyde or Pacheco, I, I see this tendency uh, continuing. The great thing about Andy Reid is he really adjusts to the strong points of his team. And right now, um, again, should Pacheco play? I've said this all week. I think Pacheco is the most important Chiefs offensive weapon right now, like even past Kelsey. I think the offense has got to run through the running back. Maybe that changes a little bit with Clyde, but I think they are going to continue to make running the football in emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bills defense, that's their biggest weak spot is mm -hmm. against the run. Um, since the NFL trade deadline, when they traded with the Green Bay Packers for cornerback Rasul Douglas, they're Secondary has been playing much better after it was really struggling early in the season after some key injuries back there. But he, he's really given them a boost and kind of stabilized things back there. But they're still giving up a ton of yards on the ground every week. So that yep. that is something that should absolutely be in the Chiefs game plan this week against the Buffalo Bills. But 
He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Steven Sertz, where you can find me. Stay locked into arrowheadpride.com for everything you need to know ahead of this matchup. Uh, we'll hear from Andy Reid later on this afternoon, get a final injury update uh, ahead of Sunday's matchup. And then on Saturday afternoon, we will have a fresh episode of Kingdom Keys previewing absolutely everything you need to know ahead of the Chiefs Week 14 matchup against the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk to you guys then. Man's getting tired, Steve. Come on. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.